TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. KJ and Lions on WEEI. They're you know, pretty well balanced teams. Uh, you know, been interesting the way that um, you know they've kind of put the team together here in the last couple of years. But... Um, you know, offensively, obviously a very, very explosive group. Um, you know, Waddle and then adding, you know, Tyreek, uh, a couple offensive linemen last year. Um, you know, Connor and Armstead and uh, Mostert um, and Barrios this year. You know, as a third receiver, um, got a well, well balanced team. Um, quarterbacks played, you know, very well. I mean, he's had tremendous production. Second hour of KJ and Lions on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Bill Belichick giving props to the Miami offense. Before we get into the Miami Dolphins game Sunday night, Sunday night football primetime. John, there were some good things to take away from that Philadelphia Eagles game that you feel can carry over into this game Sunday night. Yeah, 100%. Like I feel the Eagles-Patriots game was a case of the Patriots beat themselves more than the Eagles beat the Patriots, which is a bad thing, but I think the mistakes the Patriots made in that game that cost them are reasonably correctable. Like Mac Jones sails a pass on a pick six. Dietrich Wise lines up offsides on the first drive. Like there, There's mistakes there that are reasonably correct. It's not like last year where there are a ton of false starts, pen, false start penalties. Guys can't line up right. They're giving up kickoff and punt returns for touchdowns left and right. Like, or block punts for touchdowns. Like, this felt uh, different in that, hey, you went toe-to-toe with an elite team. You made some mistakes that if you had made, you would have beat that team. But the mistakes you made, at least, were correctable. And, of course, KJ, the headline, Mac Jones played pretty damn well. You know, I think, actually, the headline is the offensive line played above its ex- way above its expectations. Yeah, that's fair, too. Like, right. I mean, we went into that game, especially once we found out no Mike on Wenu, no, no Cole Strange. Like, oh, this right. might be a long day. And, look... City So and Antonio Maffi were not elite. They were not great, but they didn't get Mac Jones killed. Right. And they gave him just enough time to get the ball out. And I also think Adrian Clem and Bill O'Brien deserve a lot of credit here because they schemed things up for the ball to be out fast, for receivers to be open quickly, and for the offensive line to hold up just enough against that great front for the ball to get out. I think also, too, the story was how much Kendrick Bourne was missing last year. And the importance that you said, like, hey, if if there was even some semblance of tethering between Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne last year, I think, A, last year wouldn't have looked as bad as it did, and B, we would now be on the... And, and, and again, Kendrick Bourne is one of top 10 
percentages, uh, top tens in terms of receiving percentages thrown at, in terms of, get, you know, when he's thrown at, he brings the ball yeah. in. And that's very important for someone like Mac because if you're a guy who who's struggling to get time, struggling to find people downfield, if you know there's someone who you can trust who wasn't out there as much last year, that's a new learning thing as well. So I think the ability for the I think it's really a better replacement for Mac is to have Kendrick Bourne to be some type of security blanket where that used to be the Jacoby Myers role, where now you don't have to worry about. And there's these these conversations about Juju Smith Schuster and so forth. But I say the most important receiver in that room is Kendrick Bourne when it comes to Mac Jones's development. I just loved yeah. how effective the offense was. Like when they were doing two minute drills, like those two minute drills last year was basically nothing. Now you the just fact that jumped they... all over John. Well, I think Joe, his point is not wrong, though. But, yeah, with Kendrick Bourne, I mean, we are talking about a guy that had 800 yards receiving his first year working with Mac Jones in 2021. Like, they had a great connection then. He was, in my opinion, the offense's most explosive player in 2021. He's still relatively young. I think he's, like, 27 right now, so still in his prime. Like, this is a guy the Patriots should want around and want to have a deep connection with Mac Jones, especially when you let Jacoby Myers leave. But even just... That notwithstanding, in this offense right now, you want Kendrick Bourne to have a great connection and Hunter Henry, too, to have a great connection with Mac Jones because I feel like those three guys, that's the foundation of any pass game that the Patriots have. So looking back at what happened Sunday, and again, I still believe that maybe if you have a, what's the word I'm looking for, maybe a little bit of better talent in the situation where, you know, Boutte catches the ball yeah, and only gets one Devontae for Parker's out there instead. Right, something, something like, that. like that, right. Because really, you have two six-rounders running out there in key parts of the game, right? So him and Douglas are both running out there as part of you know the chance to win this game. Do you feel like the defense showed up the way they should have shown up last week, and can they do it again against Miami? So first of all, I thought the defense played great. I mean, they yeah. gave up 18 points, and six of those points were 50-plus-yard field goals. They gave up one touchdown, which was on a short field after the Elliott fumble. I right. thought the defense, against an offense with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and the best offensive line in football, I, I thought the defense was tremendous. And Mac Jones said this after the game. They gave him the ball twice in position yeah. to win. First was the fumble, Peppers forced, and then the fourth down that they stopped them. That was two opportunities the defense gave him to win. And if we went into this game, K.J., and said they're going to give up 18 defensive points to the Eagles, we probably would sit here and say, wow, the Patriots are going to win. Like The, the defense I thought was great, and can they do it again? I, I think they can. And, and Miami's a little bit of a different challenge in that they have the, the receiver duo is still there, but they're a little bit different kinds of receivers. But yeah. Miami's offensive line isn't as good. Now, maybe their offensive scheme with Mike McDaniel's better, and that kind of evens out in a different way. But I think this defense, to me, this was the most encouraging defensive performance probably since they played Tom Brady in 2021 and only gave up 19 points. And the defense, I thought, was really good last year, but this was an elite opponent on opening day, and the Patriots' defense came out and I thought was the much better unit. KJ and Lions talking Patriots football Sunday night against Miami in 15 minutes. We'll talk to Jim Rodriguez in Miami, part of the BetQL network I've worked with, get some Miami perspective as well. But I have a bone to pick with you and Joe about last week. How hard did you guys laugh at me about playing the simulated matted game? So I didn't. I laughed a little bit, but not a, t- <laughs> you know, a, a little bit laughter. But your simulated Madden game, not that, that far, far off, off from what actually happened. So maybe that's a signal 
that the new Madden is worth buying because it's actually realistic. Yeah, I'm out of I'm out of free 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 trial errors. But I did say that if the defense could get Jalen Hurts to put the ball on the ground and create short field, that's literally how it played out towards the end twice and just couldn't put it over. So I'm not going to be part of those detractors that tried, you know, let's just call it what it is. They tried to get that whisper in like, well, hey, they had two chances to put the ball in and win the game and they couldn't do it. Well, yes, I think that true. is that is something to notice. Right, that that's something like. to that, but I don't want to be that guy who jumps on that because I have been critical of Mac Jones. I would rather take away that hey, these guys got punched in the mouth what happened at the very beginning of the game. We're like, "Oh my god, really? Is this how the year is going to start?" to having a chance to be in it towards the end. And like I said, two six-rounders out there running routes in a key drive, a drive to win the game for you. That's a game that there's part of me that felt like that Philadelphia let their foot off the gas a little bit after they went up 16-0. Well, then you also have to look at Thursday night in the Minnesota where they were up 27-7 and just barely won by six. Like, how much does that factor in? Does it make things better for the Patriots? Also, though, Thursday night football, like I hear what you're saying, Joe, but I feel like Thursday night, is just so like the Eagles had a really tough physical game on the road, and then they have to come back and play Thursday night football. Like, yeah. wacky things tend to happen in those situations. So, like, yeah, you're right though. They did take their foot off the gas pedal against Minnesota. It felt like, but yeah, I, I I don't put as much now. If the Eagles four weeks from now are you know doing that consistently, then I'll hundred percent put stock in it. I don't put a ton in just after the Thursday night game. So we'll get, I'll tell you what, we'll go to break here and then we'll come back. We'll really get into the woods of what we see happening in Sunday night football, Patriots, uh, Miami Dolphins. Plus, we'll talk to my guy, Jim Rodriguez in Miami and what they're thinking about this game. Plus, there's some interesting movement on the lines at BetMGM. We'll talk about that as well. KJ in line, 617 779 7937. Text line 37937 WEEI. It's now time to trend with Joe Braverman. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I think um, you get so many opportunities during the year to do that, and uh, this is the next opportunity. So definitely want to have a good week of practice and control the controllables and go out there and on Sunday and feel prepared um, and let it rip. 
KJ and Lions on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Mac Jones sounding very prepared for another primetime situation. Primetime hasn't necessarily been kind to Mac Jones. Now, imagine, John, if last year's Raiders game that got flexed out of that 820 time slot to a 420 game was a primetime game. Like, what would the conversation be? Not ideal. Not, Not ideal. ideal. But it, it it does feel like that there is more confidence that Mac has in himself that this is really a big game. It's almost kind of like you almost forget that, okay, last week you went up against one of your former teammates who's an NFC champion and had a chance to win the game. No one would have thought that. Two is four and zero oh against the, the the against the the Patriots since he's been in the league, and now you have a chance to change that. So Mac immediately has a chance to change the narrative about him in that quarterback room in Alabama to show that he does belong in the NFL, and and that's the only thing I've kind of screamed for about Mac Jones is be super confident in what you can do. You're not here by mistake. Just don't make it look like it was a mistake. Yeah, and I think it's also a big game because this Aaron Rodgers injury now leaves the door much more open for the Patriots to get in the playoffs. And a win against Miami, I know it's early, but if you're 1-1, one and one, you've beaten Miami, you're in a much better spot than if you're 0-2 with a loss to Miami. Not just for the obvious reasons, but I think the long-term playoff reasons. And I also think we've talked a lot about, KJ, you and I, mm-hmm. this being a pivotal season for Mac Jones with the fifth-year option and how poorly things went last year. Right. If he comes out on Sunday night, because last week he outplayed Jalen Hurts. If he then in back-to-back weeks outplays Tua and has a great game and the Patriots win, that is a great way for Mac Jones to start this pivotal third year in the NFL. So then him. would you call Sunday, like Ken Curtis and Mike Cadillac do, a must-win not just for the Patriots but for Mac Jones? I wouldn't go yeah. that far. I think it I mean, is. I think you can lose this game, beat the Jets, maybe beat Dallas. Like you're, you're going to be, and even if you're one and three, not great. But then you can beat Washington, Indy, those other teams. You might win uh, the second game against the Jets now that we thought might be a split earlier on. So look, I wouldn't call it a must win, but I think it's more important than your typical week two game is. I think it is a must win because you don't want to start off zero and two and potentially be in a situation where you could be 0-4 because you can make the argument about Zach Wilson is that he's in a similar boat as Mac Jones, except for will Aaron Rodgers be in his ear to help coach him up? That's really the big story with the Jets because there was nobody who could – now, if you ask me, I think Nathaniel Hackett is the one who will mess everything up. <laughs> I also think Zach Wilson's I, not in the same place as Mac because he's not nearly as good, though. Well, sometimes those who are willing to take risks are willing to take the rewards and the comeuppance that goes with it, right? Yeah. But Zach there, Wilson it, stinks. I think that's well, different. Well, you know, like, Brett Favre stunk it very early, very yeah. early on as well, but he was taking these risks, and that's what made him stink. If you have an Aaron Rodgers, and, and again, it's all this, where is Aaron Rodgers' head at? But if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there to personally coach up Zach Wilson, I'm not saying that the Jets are suddenly a still a Super Bowl contending team, but I just don't think all of a sudden you could say, "Oh yeah, Patriots going to win both of those games because As an they're defense, defense." Though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, yeah, I don't think that. Three points. I mean, do you, yeah, I don't think there's a chance that the defense down at all. No. No. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance that you know the Jets are going to be so bad because Zach Wilson's in there because that's the case. They lose that game Monday night, even with. Think about it. If you told me that Josh Allen throws four interceptions and still has a chance to win a game, 
<laughs> but isn't that kind of the point? Like he threw through three interceptions, had a fumble, took five sacks, and it took a special teams touchdown for the Jets to win that game. Well, what yeah, I'm, I'm like, saying what is, what did Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson had one good drive, and he throws a touchdown to Garrett Wilson, which was a nice throw. Don't get me wrong, but I can't view him in the same place as Mac Jones when he got benched last year and they traded for a veteran because they had no faith in him despite him being the second overall pick. And they came out and said, hey, maybe in two years when Rodgers is done here, Wilson will be ready to go. And now we're talking four plays later, he's the starter. I just, like, and I thought at the beginning of the year. the Jets' defense is that good. Oh, no, I agree with you (laughs) on that. But I thought at the beginning of the year the Patriots are going to split with the Jets. I still feel that way. I think the Jets' defense is so good. But I think it's much more in play that the Patriots could win both of those games. Like before the Rodgers injury, I thought there was no shot they would beat the Jets twice. Now at least I think there's a real possibility, which is why I don't go as far as some others in saying Sunday night is an absolute must win. But it's a bad look if they're 0-2 after two home games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those situations where this might be the chance for Mac Jones to be in a high-scoring game, but if you ask me who do I have more more faith in to control the narrative, would it be the Patriots' defense or the offense of Miami, and I would say it would be the Patriots' defense. Yeah, I would right. think, especially at home, I would right. think so too. Like the Patriots' de- – and the thing about the Miami offense is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are elite players. We know that. Right. But I think they don't really have that third option, and their offensive line has some concerns. So can the Patriots, if they can just clamp down on one of those two receivers, and then it's really the Tua and one receiver show – then I think it's a lot harder for Miami to score like they did against the Chargers. But, John, if John Jones doesn't play, does that change things, though, for the well, defense I think that's it gets an, it harder? That's an interesting point, Joe, because John Jones, since it's since 2018 against Tyreek Hill, he's allowed 11 catches on 23 targets, 143 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 49.7 passer rating when John Jones is covering Tyreek Hill since 2018. So I, I think that is a good point, that John Jones would make a difference covering Tyreek Hill and make it a lot easier. But I think even if he doesn't play, you can maybe devote resources to the point where they're both not torching you like they did against the Chargers, where maybe one guy has a good game, the other guy's a little quieter, and I don't know. Like I have a lot of trust in Mike McDaniel, the offensive coach, and scheming it up, but I don't know how many options Miami has beyond those two guys either. Well, that's the thing. You All the defense has to do is keep those two guys in front of you, and if you've got a porous offensive line that Miami does – then your you would say your front seven will be able to hand, can dominate that situation, forcing Tua to get the ball out quicker. I think the question is going to be: Are there going to be any missed tackles? There can't be missed tackles. So if if, sure. if if Waddle or Hill catches it eight yards off of the line of scrimmage and you miss a tackle, well, you kept him in front of him. You just didn't tackle him, and he runs for another seventy yards. That's the bigger concern, and and I don't have that concern about the Patriots' defense because I trust that they will be able to wrap to wrap up and stop, and to be able to keep uh, Tyreek Hill in front of them. Now, Jalen Waddle, he may be that guy that goes off for ten over or eleven catches, but if he gets one hundred and ten yards and for no touchdowns, you can live with that. It's the things that are over the top or the missed tackles. If you if if they're missed tackles, it's going to be a long night. If they can keep all that stuff in front of them, I think they're fine. Yeah, I'd agree, and I, we can even go back to week one last year. Patriots miss a tackle on a fourth down play right before the first half, and it's a right. long touchdown for Miami, and then they miss one blocking assignment, a strip sack for Jones touchdown. If they don't make those two mistakes, despite all the other issues they had with their offense and everything, they very well might have won that game. 
So I think it, you're right. If they defensively play well enough and that they don't give up big plays, then that's going to be the recipe for them to get a win. Yeah, we're a minute away from Jim Rodriguez in Miami. Covers the uh, covers the Dolphins. I work with him with BetQL. Um, I think that's the thing. When we think about how do the Patriots stop Tyreek Hill, I think we're all imagining this nine route where he just runs down and chucks it 70 yards in the air and then comes down with it. I, I don't think the lack of discipline is going to show up, right? If you had a, even though the secondary is a little bit younger, they're well coached and you have rotating players on that front seven, as I was talking about, that can get to Tua, right? Because that's the other part of it is getting to him. Here, here's Tua saying that, look, despite him being 4-0, this is a whole different game. Well, I say you're 4-0 against the Patriots. You say what? I mean, every year is a new year. 4-0, uh, 0-4, doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I don't think those guys care. Um, you know, I don't think my teammates care. They care about this year um, and what that the what the what problems that team has to offer us, both offense, defense, and uh, in special teams. So, uh, we're we're looking for a tough game, and you know it's it's always tough to go on the road against a team like that. I and mean, it's against a, a Bill Belichick coach team, so you know you you never know what to expect. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high scoring. It might be a high scoring game. Let's bring in Jim Rodriguez in from Miami. Uh, Jim, what is the what is the attitude and feeling about this game Sunday night in Miami? Well, the game with it, how's the feeling in Miami about the game on Sunday night here at Foxborough? Hey, fellas, how are you? Well, first of all, I hope you're not offended because I'm wearing a hat and sunglasses while I'm talking to you guys. Okay, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want any problems. You know okay? what? I, I have a hat on too, Jim. So we're okay. <laughs> we're indoors. I don't know if you know we do the okay. show indoors. Good, good. Well, listen. No, I mean, I, I think for 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 the first time in a long time, especially with the Patriots, uh, how they dominated this division, and and I think the Dolphins are starting to feel themselves. I, I think we what we see is when we have a healthy Tua. He is an elite quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game when he is healthy and he is upright. And we saw that last week. So I think there's a lot of confidence going into that. And, and the Patriots, you know, are in not exactly their best moment. You know, Mac Jones, what, what's going on with him? You know, you've got a new offensive coordinator. Their offensive line is banged up. I think for really there is a sense of confidence for the first time that I've seen living in Miami for a decade that I haven't seen before when it's Patriots work. And Jim, uh, you mentioned Tua coming into Sunday night. What is the feeling in Miami of Tua against this Patriots defense that just really held down Jalen Hurts in week one? Are, are they confident based on Tua and the performance of week one, or are there concerns based off what you guys saw to the Patriots in week one? Well, I think there's always – I think the concern, guys, is always can Tua – stay upright. I, I don't think it has anything to do with, with schemes or defenses. Is, is Can that offensive line, which is missing Teron Armstead, you, you know, you, he's got a back, an ankle, uh, a knee, everything hurts on that guy. You know, he practiced this week. He's the blind side. We don't think he's going to play because I think it's, you know, you, why, why blow him out on a week two game when, it, when it's a whole season? So that, you know, you got Kendall Lamb, Liam, Ecken, Liam Eckenberger, you know, Isaiah Wynn, those guys seemed to held up uh, in week one against the Chargers. Tua wasn't touched in week one. The Chargers didn't get to him. And you've got Khalil Mack and Bosa on that side of the football. 
So I think they they feel like if if you give them time, look what he did to the Chargers, lit them up for 36, lit them up for 466 yards. There's a lot of confidence going in if they can get that blocking, and it worked in Week One with the big injury to Toronto. All right, you're ke- you're checking out KJ and Lines on WEEI. We're talking to Jim Rodriguez down in Miami, part of my BetQL family here in the Odyssey. We're getting every penny out of Odyssey. Um. So here's my question. You talk about the eliteness that you believe in Tua. Can Tua win the close game? Most of these games that you see that he's he's been electric have been these high-scoring affairs. I don't believe that Belichick is going to allow for a high-scoring affair this time. So how does Tua win the, the, the lower-scoring game? Tell me how he wins a game set 21-17. I think, he, I think he does it with protection. I think he does it with, with, with Jalen Waddell and, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's got the two best, you know, the, the two best receivers in the game. I think for the what, – what was the story of how you would always say the best way to, be, to beat Tom Brady or the best way to beat a, an elite quarterback is to keep him off the field? And that is what New England is going to do. They're going to run the ball. Because the one, the one thing that the Dolphins were awful at last week is the, the Chargers ate him up on the ground. Over 220 yards, 233 they gave up uh, on the ground last week. So I think that's going to be the case. We don't want to see – I don't think you guys want to see Mac Jones throwing the ball 54 times again. So it's going to be, you know, Ramondre Stevenson. Is he going to be able to gouge that defense? Remember, there's a new defensive coordinator in Miami, Vic Fangio. And the guys look pretty lost out there in, in his new system. There was a lot of freelancing. So does he button that up? Does he tighten that up into week two? Because because you're right. I think it's going to be a, t- a tough game. I think Vic Fangio's defense has to win this game, which will in turn let Tua win the game, a- a- keeping it close. Jim, I'm really glad you brought up the Dolphins' defense because I feel like all the talk, at least locally here, has been about that Patriots' defense versus the Miami offense. Vic Fangio's debut with Miami, they give up 34 points. They they really don't look good, especially against the run. Do you anticipate, like, are they going to be better against New England and going forward against the run and on defense? Or do you think, is there some bigger issue there where you have concerns about this defense? Well, I think the, the one thing that, that, you know, Christian, Christian you know, because he's, he's fighting for a new contract. He's due to get paid. He hasn't been paid. He, had, he did a soft holdout during the preseason. So, you know, he, how much is his mind on it? You got Bradley Chubb, who they acquired, never really turned into something. You know, you, you got you got Phillips. He may he's not going to play. You know, Jalen Phillips. He ended up hurting his back this week. So the the defense, which looks shaky, is a little distracted. Are they grasping the Fangio schemes? And now you got Jalen Phillips. That's probably not going to play in that game. I think that all points to a tighter game, and it's going to be you know Tua putting on the Superman tape again. All right, J-Rod, let me get you to put your betting betting your betting hat on a bit here. The line is uh, right. minus three, Dolphins on the road, so this is the second straight week that the Patriots are a home dog. The line has been fluctuating two and a half and three, and the reports are a lot of money is coming in on the Dolphins. I think the smart play is Patriots plus three because of this might being a tighter defensive game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, it looks like, thankfully for you guys out there, the hurricane is not going to really be a factor. I think you guys are going to get some wa- going to get some wet weather tonight, but it looks like for the game and for the area, I think it's going to be okay. So it, it's going to be regular you know, football, not a lot of wind, not a lot of not a lot of rain. So I think that's that's the most important thing. I, you know what? 
I like I like the Dolphins better at two and a half than I like them at three. Three smells like a push to me. Uh, I like the over more than anything else. I like the I like over forty six and a half. I think it's going to be a shootout. I I, I think there's going to be some points. I I feel if, if if you're asking me, I would I would lay the three with Miami, but I would definitely jump on that over. Although my favorite bet of of the whole thing is going to be I got a couple just for funsies. How about Mike Desicki, the old Dolphin, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, now now he's on there. You know, if you go to you go to BetMGM, over fourteen and a half receiving yards at minus one ten. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna like that because you know they're gonna try to get him involved. And Ramondre Stevenson, they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna to me, that's the way you win this game. You keep two off the field and you sh- and you show Vic Fangio, show me you can stop the run. Over fifty and a half uh, rushing yards. For Stevenson at minus one fifteen, I'm going to take those two prop bets. But I would take the I would I would take the total of over forty six and a half, and I would lay the Dolphins minus the three. Really quick, does the Aaron Rodgers uh, injury change your over under for Patriots wins of seven and a half for the season? I, I said I said to me they're a nine and eight team, and I and I said it on on on, on Odyssey and on BetQL. The Dolphins are, are a strange case. You could convince me that the Dolphins would be, could play in the AFC Championship game, and you could convince me that they would miss the playoffs altogether. That's, that's the scope with the Dolphins. It, it, it is a wide berth with them. I have to see it. Obviously, that win on the road against the Chargers, who looked, they looked so bad against the Chargers last year on a Sunday night. That's a good step. Um, and we'll see what they can do in Foxborough. I think the Patriots win the game. I mean, I think the Dolphins win the game, and then next week you get the Broncos, and then you get Buffalo. So remember, the, the Dolphins, three of the first four games are on the road. They were at the Chargers, at the Patriots, home of the Broncos, and then they go up to Buffalo. All right, John Lyons, you may not know this, but Jim, Ron, Jim, Jim Rodriguez does an impeccable Jim Ross from WWE. Give me a Jim Ross line that would be a definitive uh, statement about Dolphins-Patriots. My God, what the hell's doing? They broke two and a half. The man's got a family. Get him out of there. He doesn't have a manager's license. What is Belichick doing out there? Get that Jezebel off the field. My God. Jim Rodriguez, Miami's BetQL co- uh, I'm sorry, I'm like seeing stars, brother. Thank you so much for being here on KJ Alliance. Take care, Jim. All right, fellas. Stay safe out there. <laughs> he says two of might get broken in half. That could happen. Well, if I'm Miami, that's my biggest concern. I mean, look at that Patriot. Look, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football, and the Patriots were able to push them around at some points and get pressure on Jalen Hurts. Now we're talking about a Miami team who's without their best offensive lineman in Teron Armstead. Isaiah Wynn's going to be playing guard. They've got some pieces moving in and out of that offensive line. This Patriots defensive line, I think, has a real opportunity to get a ton of pressure on onto it in this game and I think if they do it's the Patriots if they get pressure on Tua all the time like I think they can that is a huge part of the recipe to the Patriots winning this game this is interesting literally as we were talking I'm sitting right in front of BetMGM's line there's been movement off of the Patriots as we were talking it literally like it flashed on my screen I was like my god that's powerful but yeah I if if the Dolphins have problems let's say you get them into second and eights, where they can't get the run game going, then I think it's just a matter of the Patriots' defense keeping everything in front of them, getting them to maybe, say, a third and four, where Tua, well, I think accurate when you get the ball up in the air downfield, if you can rush him into making a decision, 
that I think would benefit getting the Patriots off of the field quicker. And as what was talked about, the the, the defense for for the uh, for the uh, Dolphins has been absolutely horrible against the run. Play that run game. You feel like you can probably even get 60, 70 yards out of Ezekiel Elliott in this game with Ramondre probably going for 110, 120. So if you can have that happening, then you're forcing them to call plays that are going to try and force the ball up in the air downfield, and you can super prepare for that. The underneath stuff isn't going to do it for you. So I think there is a window where the Patriots will, like like they did last week, make this a game into the fourth quarter and lower than most people think. Yeah, and I think like the more and more that I think about this, I think their game plan defensively is they're going to play tight coverage on the receivers, even Hill and Waddle, yep. and rely on that pass rush to get to Tua because Hill and Waddle are terrific yards after the catch. Like they will catch the ball, and they, and you, we mentioned it last night, they'll take it twenty yards, thirty yards, forty yards. So if you can get the ball out of Tua's hands quickly, but still clamp down on those receivers, I think that is how you really slow that. Miami offense down because the last thing you want to do is give Tua a bunch of time because Jim Rodriguez, who we just had on, was right. When Tua has time, he's an elite quarterback. I mean, we've seen time and time again, when he plays, they win. And when he plays, they put up a bunch of points. So I think you got to take away his time to throw and you got to make it really difficult for those guys yards after catch-wise. Yeah, if you missed any of the interview we just had with Jim Rodriguez from BetQL in Miami, Remember, the Odyssey app is free. Just type in 93.7 WEEI to bring you right here. You can replay the show, listen to it in a day or two. You're more than welcome to. All right. Before we get out of here, we do another episode of the Lions Den next with John. It's KJ and Lions here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out. KJ and Lions, WEEI. I mean, I know there's there's going to be rain quite a bit tonight, but at least it's not like blowing the house down. Dodging Lee, thinking about maybe (laughs) selling this house in New England, I'm moving down south. Uh, This just in. Shohei Otani out for the season. So now we know why the lockers cleaned out. I didn't think it was anything dramatic, John, but now we know why the lockers cleaned out. And let's just say... Do you think the conversation is really going to be $600 million anymore? Like, I think it's – well, first of all, I think this is a signal to me he's definitely not going to go back to the Angels. Not that right. that's a shock. But, look, I think if he shows that he can be fully recovered as a pitcher, I think the conversation's like 550. I think if he's not going to be able to pitch again or there's a lot of concerns, the conversation's probably still 350 to 400. I mean, Mookie Betts got 365. And you can yeah. argue Otani is a better hitter than – I mean, they're both elite, elite hitters, but they're in that same neighborhood. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's still 350-4 to four as a hitter alone. Yeah, I think it might be 500. I think – and I think Major League Baseball may start to look at this. It might be called the Otani rule, where if he's the DH, could he come in in relief pitch? Because I think he – I don't think he'll be a starter anymore. I think with this Tommy John, I don't think anybody's going to put up that much investment and wait to see if the Tommy John surgery takes, right? Yeah, and so maybe a yeah. spot starter at best. Right. Like, at yeah, spot he's starter, not right. in your rotation. Right. right, he's not the front of it. He might be your fourth, fifth guy, or maybe some long relief. Who knows? Um, but the price, I think, definitely comes down now that you know that he's out for injury versus out for kind of testing the waters. Uh, let's go to the text line, 37937. Joe, what do you have in there? Let's take a look. Oh, we have an interesting suggestion about the new Red Sox manager and GM from the 774. They say Joey Cora should be the manager and Alex Cora should be the GM. 
Oh, nepotism? I don't if it because if it goes wrong, right, then it's really, really gone wrong. And I don't know, like, see what Brad Stevens people use that as the comparison, John. But Brad Stevens is only mar- managing a roster of seven with three superstars, right? Yeah. With 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 Major League Baseball, hey, who's coming up? Who's going down? I, I've got a pitching staff to handle. I've got to rotate in, you know. Uh, you, know, you know, spot players and stuff like that. So it's totally different in terms of what you're shopping for as as Hein Bloom was versus what Brad Stevens. And I think with Stevens, too, he had been the Celtics head coach for, what, I think seven years? Yeah, seven years. When he yeah. got elevated. So he had seen how that team was built from the ground up. Remember when they were bad and they got the lottery right. pick for Smart, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he had been part of that whole process. And as part of that whole process, I also think it made him better equipped to take over and try to get the Celtics to the next step. All right, Joe, another one. I got one more here from the 207. They say, you guys are crazy. The issue is not whether the Red Sox are going to stick with Alex Cora, but the issue is whether Alex Cora is going to stick with the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah but, but I, thought that, before the, I yeah. thought that before the Bloom firing, that Cora might go to them after the season and say, I've had enough of this and I'm out. Now, well, remember when we did what was it? What was the intro? Well, back to school was classes in session we did back on uh, yeah. Labor Day, and I said that the course that Alex Core might be taking is calculus because he's trying to calculate the numbers and equation to get himself out of here. Yes, I believe Joe gave me the best answer credit on that. Right? Didn't I get? Best Are you still you still hung up on those? that test? No, but you're right. I but my <laughs> feeling was now that Bloom is gone, maybe that's right. more likely Cora stays. I, I think. That was because you mentioned earlier in the show, was it one of the other? And I think that is wholly possible. And I think if Bloom had stayed, Cora might have said, hey, you know what? I'm all set. I'm going to go manage the San Diego Padres and get that all that talent working and go to the World Series or something like that. Yeah, but I even think that Cora stays because you, you say, hey, the Yankees are bad and they may have to go the Mets route to try and fix that problem. So you may already have a leg up on the Yankees. With Baltimore, with success comes like, hey, I want more money. And you don't know if that core stays together. Toronto, you know that you've been able to handle them. And, and then with Tampa, you know, you, you're always saying that's a wild card there, right? So you, fig, you figure that next season starts with a couple of changes. The team could potentially be the second or third best team in the AL and then for a playoff team for, for that matter. So yeah. you, you feel like that you're not so far off, but what kept things afar is now gone. And I think that was high. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. They're not as far off maybe as it feels right now right like and don't get me wrong they have to be aggressive getting starting pitching and preferably a right-handed power bat this offseason if they don't do that then they're still going to be not a contender but they have some good pieces there and they have some foundational piece like Bayo and Casas like those guys are potential foundational pieces Yoshida towards a really good baseball team but they just don't have enough and guys are out of position and it's been mismanaged as we know so can they be aggressive and get those three pieces that they need the good news is the Boston Red Sox you have enough money in trade chips you can do all that in one offseason whereas a lot of teams can't well here's one thing that you might kind of appreciate what Heim didn't do at this last trade deadline was to trade away pieces for a, a kind of a ghost run at that last wild card spot because now you can you can make moves in without having to trade off pieces you can do that during the course of the season right because I, I still say that Shohei Atani is target one even if you just get him as a hitter you almost wonder could he potentially be a better hitter knowing that he doesn't have to spend his arm 
So, you know, I know there's talk about like, well, Yoshida would have to be a DH only. And uh, I mean, uh, Otani would have to be a DH only and Yoshida would play left. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> trial by fire. And this right. is the fire he's going through. And we'd even joke that he would have to take a soils and minerals class to understand the lay of left field. And I joked about the ground balls the second. But the point being is, if you try and stick Otani out there and left, well, then you might just see Yoshida's problems all over again out there with a new face. You'd have to say, look, Yoshida's your left fielder. Or, you, you know, maybe you move around some pieces. Can Yoshida potentially be moved to right? Do you move Verdugo to center? You know, I don't know so- if you have Verdugo after this year. I don't think so either. Yeah. I, how much do you think that picture is worth of Verdugo and Heimblum standing out away from everybody? And we, I think that was really them saying, "Hey, let's get through these last four weeks. You know, let's get through it and get to the end." Because I, I and look at their outfield right now. You yeah. mentioned Yoshida. They have Duvall, who I know is hurt right now, but he'll be back next year. Then you have Jaron Duran, and so you have four outfielders. And if you're not going to extend Verdugo, why not put him in a package that maybe he'll get you some prospects or legitimate pitching back? So you don't think Ref Schneider becomes like the fourth outfielder? Well, you don't think he maybe, stays as the fourth? Maybe in that case he would be. If you trade Verdugo, I guess. Yeah, maybe I think Ref he stays. Would be the yeah, you I, think Verdugo stays or you think Ref Schneider? I think, I think Ref Schneider stays, stays and Verdugo yeah. is going to get traded. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Now, here's the here's what I will say about Hein Bloom. You know, I made these parodies and all and everything. I think this is only going to build him to be a better GM somewhere else. Yeah, I would agree I, with that. I, I think, you know, going from the Tampa situation, which, you know, what what is the mental thinking, right? And this is where I can get on board in terms of, well, why didn't the, you know, why didn't ownership spend? You do remember we did have the pandemic and a recession kind of hit at the same time. So those business matters take things into account. Now, if you knew these things ahead of time, you know, hey, I mean, maybe I go do some personal. I don't think they it. got any less broadcast revenue though from COVID well, hitting, and the well, ticket but, prices. I went to a game in the twenty twenty one ALCS. Tickets were still pretty expensive then. I'm talking about so, twenty twenty season, right, where you yeah. couldn't go to the games, and on top of that, you, you know, your manager's gone. You're the worst. You're one of the worst teams in baseball. So you know, you kind of play that at the same time. It's a financial strategy. They do it in this industry. Like, man, we're doing so well that. Do we really have to pay all these people that much? You know, we we could just kind of start cutting salary and just kind of like you know skate on some of that. That, that. that does happen from a financial perspective for the fan and the audience. It doesn't seem right, but it is what it is. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I just understand it, and sometimes understanding that will get you to that next point. So again, like if they get you, if they get Yoshida and Otani as a tag team and can start really pushing the Red Sox as this big international team in the Far East market, then their money is going to be made hand over fist. I want fist. to get Yamamoto, too, from Japan. If you can do that... Give me that then, guy. Starting right. pitcher, give me that guy. Well, you, you can, but you can go get those three guys, and then you you cover the macro, right? Which you have talked about Liverpool and Eastern, you know, and, and the soccer league and so forth. You cover that just in that regard, and from the major league perspective, you now probably have the most dominant, the most fascinating player in all of baseball in Otani and his two teammates, Yoshida, and I can't remember the other Yamamoto. Can't from Yamamoto. The, yeah, because they right. were all on the World Baseball Classic roster right. together, right? Right, yeah. right. You turn them into the Red Sox, and now you have something on an international plane where you're selling merch and all these different things. You could probably play exhibition games with the Red Sox over there. Your operations is making money hand over the fist. And on the field, you have a highly competitive baseball team for the league that they're in. I think that's where the move is because, like, when you look at the valuations of, of Major League Baseball teams, just on baseball alone, 
The Red Sox are like 16th. It doesn't involve like market, like what they're worth to the market because they're like the second higher, highest worth to the market. Meaning like in terms of what the Red Sox mean to New England is only second to the Yankees in baseball. But in terms of the actual valuation of what the team is worth, it's around St. Louis Cardinals number, like sixth. So if you can get that baseball team value up, then you can spend more money and now you're one of these teams that's literally on paper valued at about five billion dollars. Sure, I know it wasn't supposed yeah. to be a business class, but it all it KJ also too, like and but I think the biggest thing and you know this KJ, you want to get your franchise value up, win some championships, like that's the biggest thing they can do. Well, well, the other thing you could do is have another have a secondary market that provides so much money. I mean, yeah, think but about if you it, have you, that and you still stink, and I'm not saying they would in that situation, obviously, but like. The the winning is the most important thing, and I think if you get that along with the secondary market, like we saw that go back to Dice K, right? They started it there. If you get that with it, then I think not only are you profitable from the championship aspect, but then, like you said, you're profitable because you have all these international superstars. All right, let's get to the Lions, then, before we get out of here. Hit it, John. Joe. See the one about Lions? Yeah, yeah. Can't lose to this guy after. King of the joke. All right, John, first one. Will the Dolphins offense that torched the Chargers last week roar against the Patriots, or will the Patriots defense make the Dolphins meow? They're going to meow. They're not going to put up 36 points on the board. <laughs> All right, because we're, we're pressed for time. Red Sox fired Bloom. Will ownership let the next GM roar in free agency or stick to meow? Um, I think they lean more towards roaring. And the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers Monday night. Is there any chance... They wore the season with Zach Wilson or Meow Mix. They're going to meow, but they're going to be like that really tough alley cat that fights because that defense. <laughs> so they're still going to meow, but they're going to put up some fight. Well, you know, so there's the line then. That was a really quick toss of chum. I, I've got to be better about that next time. Like, it was just, just throwing me to the lines real quick and everything. So John likes the Patriots defense to the Dolphins offense. Uh, Likes the Sox to go big in free agency and thinks that the Jets are not going to really mount to much with Aaron Rodgers not there. All right. KJ, why don't you give a score prediction? Because we know John is going to be on pregame, so he's going to give his prediction there. How about yours? Okay. Ooh. Dolphins 21, Patriots 17. I hate to say that. Oh, KJ, I'm glad you saved that for the end. (laughs) I just... I I just got to be able to see this offense put the ball in the in in the tuck when they've given opportunities to put the ball in the end zone. I think they've got to show that. I don't know if it happens just yet. All right, John's next with the uh, pregame for the Red Sox. Stay safe. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Saturday. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.